Raise the roof. Yeah. Raise the roof, guys. We've been drinking some energy drinks here. Tell us a little bit about our snacks today. So we're getting a little peachy today. I love peach rings, so we thought we'd try something different. We got the one of the nastiest brands ever <laughs> made is Haribo. If you like Haribo, you're a psychopath. Uh, but the peaches one is not terrible. The gummy part's not that good. It's yeah. okay. It's, Coming I in give first it a place, four out of ten. The best one known to man, apparently, <clears throat> is the new Sour Patch Kids ones. Pretty which, good. They're pretty, pretty good. amazing. And... Yeah, we're drinking a peach Alani, which is a juicy uh, energy drink. So that's pretty cool, too. It's so good. I, I made sure to position it this way so you guys can see it. Alani, sponsor us. Give yeah. us more Alani. Harbo, <laughs> don't sponsor us. We don't want um, to know. We will trash you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so Haribo gummy bears, I actually, up until like a few weeks ago, that would have been my my choice if I was getting until gummy bears. Until we told you otherwise. Phil got me on the Albanese. Yeah, it changed everything, and yeah. now the Haribo ones. I'm like, this is trash. They're so They're the hard. They, they don't like, even have that much flavor. No, the Albanese. Which ones one of you all brought it to the good. camping trip last weekend? Uh, I brought a bunch. Yeah. Of you them. did? Yeah. yeah. Did you notice that there was still a lot of Haribo left? The there's a oh, there's the Haribos. A yeah. So, I well, I don't know if I brought the Haribos. I think um, I brought. I think Eli a bunch did. of Albanese. Yeah. I almost yeah. took them out Eli of the campfire that night just to burn them. we did. We did that earlier. I put it on a log, and it just like I brought all Albanese. Sour Patch Peach. The Probably best. the best. I like yeah. it better than peach rings. Too. Yeah. So Take our word for good. it. Go to the store and get some Sour Patch Kids. Watermelon ones are good, but peach ones are also Tell them really the Weird good. Faith guys sent you. Yeah. Yeah. Get 10% off. <laughs> They'll know what it means. <laughs> it probably won't you work. You won't get any money. <laughs> yeah, so we're excited. We've got uh, an exciting topic we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about bees. Mm. And that's why I got my nice yellow sweatshirt on. Just at Walgreens earlier getting this candy snack stuff for the podcast we've got to amp up our energy and this is how we do it so we even put a cool background behind yeah. phil dude I'm and then i remembered that uh, <laughs> phil can't look at anything that has holes you don't like beehives either right oh it's wasp it's more wasp yeah, yeah that's right yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I forgot about that episode <laughs> they're both triggered right now no, yeah this, i'm okay i haven't cool. really noticed it too bad uh but yeah we're gonna be talking about bees <clears throat> and uh they've got some a you know really Fun, interesting topics to talk about with bees, so we're going to throw it over to them. All right. You want to kick things off with some sure. jokes? How about oh, some yeah. bee jokes? You want to do that? Please. Mm -hmm. All right. So. If I laugh, you get a point. If you laugh? Okay. I'm going to try really hard not to. Okay. If you laugh, I'm going to throw a peach hair above So, <laughs> So I thought about making it a contest like we did with the dad jokes. Yeah. But I feel like it takes a lot to actually make Phil laugh and stuff. He'll, oh, he'll hit me with the fake, <laughs> good job, bud, <laughs> kind of thing. So, all right. So, uh, what do you call a bee that you just can't understand, Scott? Mm. A mumblebee. Mm. Good? Mm. Not bad. Okay. Uh, what did the mom bee say to her bee kids? You better beehive yourselves. <laughs> yeah. I got some genuine laughs out of them there. A little bit. All right. So one time I had a bee in my hand and you know what was in my eyes? Beauty. Because beauty is in the eye of the bee holder. <laughs> you hear that buzzing? I think it's a bee. Yeah, it's it's a, a bee. I think it's one of our we lights. Actually, We've got to hit them every time they start getting Watch, See if this works. All right. He's going to punch it. Oh! I got the touch like the fox. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a beehive. We don't encourage that kind of behavior. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, he was really proud of that, that kind one. Of <laughs> he had this like lingering. That like, kind of stings. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what did the husband bee say to his wife for the thirtieth wedding anniversary? I don't know. Nothing. They would have been long dead by then. <laughs> they have much shorter lifespans than that. I like it. That's there a good one. A and lastly, lastly, how did the Japanese sauce say hello to the bee? Wasabi. Ah, uh, yeah. Wasabi. There you go. All, All right, right. So we're rolling into some facts there, right? Yeah, right. Are you yeah. doing it? All yeah, right. Wow. Scott, I'll turn things over to you. There are more than 4,000 species of native bees in the U.S. alone. 
Wow. And bees are That's part of 20,000 different species of pollinators. Mm-hmm. So that include bees, birds, and butterflies, but also bats, beetles, flies, moths, small mammals, and wasps. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Have you guys ever seen the bee movie? With <laughs> yeah. Seinfeld? Yeah. yeah. I, he brought it up earlier. I forgot. It, it's been forever since i saw it i forgot it was seinfeld yeah i like it i've always liked it oh, see i thought that's when we realized how far seinfeld had sunk i don't remember it's probably I don't remember not much like, about it i yeah. remember thinking it was funny if as that was your introduction to jerry seinfeld you're probably like i don't know about this. <laughs> this is terrible. but i the kids watched it a lot as you know when they were younger uh the whole premise is the bees go on strike because people are stealing their honey and so then the earth just like in like just goes into chaos because they're not pollinating. And I read recently an article, it was something like bats pollinate more than bees, or it was mm-hmm. some animal that you wouldn't think that much about. I want to know which mammal does. That's the one I didn't look up. Yeah. I wonder if it's like rabbits just like walking past them. I, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I think I pollinate a decent amount. <laughs> <laughs> Mowing the grass. Yeah. Uh, so how about this one? I thought this was cool. A bumblebee's wings beat about 200 times per second which is over double what a hummingbird can do. So now I thought we'd see in a second how many times Scott could flap his wings. All right. On your mark. Get set. Go. go. One, two, oh. All right. You got about yeah. six or seven in there. That's so pretty good. Uh, just, just to help you understand how fast a bee's wings are moving, look at Scott's <laughs> and multiply it by about 20 or no, wait, <laughs> 30. 30 times six. How or, many okay. times was it? Uh, he did like seven. So if it was 30, that'd be 210. How many is it a minute for a bee, though? A 200. Oh, 200. If you want to okay. know how yeah. fast bees flap their wings, take Josh's probable math scores in school, <laughs> multiply by nine. Well, here, it's funny that, <laughs> that that came up because I actually read something. I didn't put, uh, put this one in my notes because I don't, I feel like this is crazy to say. I read something that bees can do simple math. And I don't know how you even come up with that. Like, <laughs> like maybe watching them, like somehow they like, there's patterns. What if they just they... use a calculator? That might be, <laughs> if you could see it, just pressing the buttons. That's yeah, how you know. So I don't know. But. There's the whole thing. I don't know if you guys are going to talk about this, but it's not necessarily true. But I think it's, they say that a bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly, like physics wise. Mm-hmm. Do you see anything about that? No. Yeah. Uh, it's not true. So Because they do fly. Yeah. With God, all things are possible. Hey man, come on. That's it. It's all faith. So <laughs> my next, I have, so mine are kind of grouped. I have the next one is just grouped by history of bees. Uh, so ancient people believe that bees were created from the carcasses of dead animals. Oh, There's that's that one. Very strange. There's also a connection that some of the Greeks believe that, that bees were somehow, uh, were also when Zeus was born. There's mm-hmm. also a connection. I didn't read that one because it got really weird. Yeah. Uh, in some of the Greek mythology. That's what we're all about. Ancient here. Egyptians believed that bees were the tears of the sun god Ra. So I like, I like that. that one. Yeah. That's like better that. than the Greeks, Zeus's birth. And then the last one, the name Melissa is derived from the Greek word for honeybee. Ah. So hmm. there you go. Melissa, if you're listening, you're a honeybee. Yeah. You're right. Would you rather cry out bees or have alligator skin all over your body? I think, well, for me, it would be bees. Cry out. Yeah, like bees the tears. stung by bees continuously. Oh, whatever happens after that is on you. <laughs> Cry them out. <laughs> that doesn't sound painful. I think it's natural. <laughs> what else you got? I All don't right. cry often, so that wouldn't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, you'd never see a bee. Nah, I'm fine. Um, Bill has no soul. So <laughs> in the original Transformers cartoons, Bumblebee's car was actually a yellow and black Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. Uh, and then when the new live action movies came out, he kind of introduced the new Camaro to us, which right. had been on like a five-year uh, hiatus. Mm-hmm. I think it stopped in 2002. Uh, so there's a bumblebee fact for you. There you That's go. cool. Uh, my next grouping is in the behavior of bees or their behavior. Ah. Right. So first off, when a bee finds, a, this one's a little long, but it's just fascinating because I can see Josh doing something similar to this. When a bee finds a promising food source, it passes on that information to the others when it returns to the hive through what is called the waggle dance. Mm. Waggle dances are made up of two phases. First, a rapidly undulating waggle phase and a semicircular return phase that together creates a kind of figure eight. The bees will compete, complete one to 100 of these. The direction and number of <clears throat> circuits tells observing bees the location and distance and size of the food source. 
So what do you do when you have found the best food ever? I do the waggle dance. You do the waggle dance. What does it look like for you? Well, so was that you? We were talking uh, at lunch this Sunday about people who get hangry. A lot of times you see them do this little like dance once they get their food or they kind of shimmy a little bit. (laughs) So like, I feel like that's kind of what it is. Shout out to my friend, Holly Heldreth, who uh, I worked with at Highland. She would always do that. I remember she'd get her food and she'd start like dancing around. So my kids do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I read about that one too. I saw that and I saw that uh, based on how good the food source is, if it's just kind of underwhelming, the waggle dance is a little bit like longer and more drawn out and slow. Oh, that's cool. And if it's a really, really bussing food source, then the, the bees. It's yeah. the difference between these two. <laughs> yeah. This would be a, a long, slow dance. We just get rid of that it. one would yeah. be short, quick burst, Woo! really fast waggle dance. So yeah. Undulated uh, dances, whatever that means, right? And I'll have to put that back in the old vocabulary. Repertoire of words. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, another one is that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I just interrupted you right away. Uh, no, I, I was just gonna say. Uh, I read this one freaked me out. I uh, the average human can be killed by eleven hundred bee stings, and that was just one of those stats where I was like, "How did? Yeah. Like, how did you gather that? Like, like did did somebody volunteer to be like, all right?" Let's see how many I got in me. Right. Because it, it also seems like that seems like a lot. Like, I feel yeah. like if I got stung by like 100 bees. Right. I'd probably. Yeah, I'd have thought it was more yeah. uh, less than that. Yeah. Well, so, so I thought it was an interesting that they, I have, they one have that similar number. Because I didn't realize that bees actually have venom. Right. In their stinger. And it says the venom within a bee is actually more deadly than a cobra. Hmm. It would take more than 3,800 bee stings to kill the average human male. So according to that, basically what happened is you're getting poisoned to death. Hmm. More or less. From yeah, that. it still seems like a lot. Like, I don't even know if I have enough room on my skin to be stung. What was the, was it Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? Was those bees or was that? <clears throat> oh, the big one? Oh, that was ants. The, ants. Yeah, that was, was like uh, stinging awful. ants. Okay. The, ants don't fly. Yeah. They're different. Okay. Ants are different than <laughs> bees. They live in the, in the big pile. Huh. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, one more behavior one than a couple other ones. Honey bees are so obsessed with cleanliness that most will leave the hive when they know it's time to die to avoid contaminating brood and food stocks. That's sweet. Isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> so you know whenever your buddy leaves, he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of sad. I won't even walk out of the room if I have to fart. They leave <laughs> the hive. Like, I'm going to die. Excuse me. They're very polite. Pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to go fall over dead. Um, I saw that bees, uh, they're incredibly smart and they can remember faces. Hmm. bees can remember your face so that bee that you took a swing at last summer it didn't forget it didn't forget it's training it's preparing for round two you better watch yourself maybe wear a disguise because that bee knows exactly who you are and he's coming for you there you go uh so every uh hive has a queen Mm -hmm. uh uh, when a queen dies or a hive is ready to swarm 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 squirm swarm swamp so <laughs> worker bees will raise a number of queens. When they hatch, they fight each other. The winner, they fight each other to the death. The winner succeeds by stinging all of her rivals to death. That's how we should do president. That's, That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Be the new presidential uh, race. It's yeah. just like they fight to the death, like Hunger Games style. Mm-hmm. So the winning queen slays the other queens. Yeah. So Slay she's a queen. Slay queen. <laughs> she's the queen bee. Like Bay. Beyonce. <laughs> I almost threw a Beyonce joke. Right I thought about it too. Yeah. Uh, so now, you know, bees produce honey. So the word honeymoon comes from the ancient practice of giving a newlywed couple a month's worth of mead, which is honey wine, to promote fertility. Hmm. Okay. Nice. One of those things that has stuck around for centuries and nobody knows why. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I saw this one that bees have two stomachs, one to digest food and the other to store nectar and water. I was kind of thinking, like, imagine, like, it's like a stomach and then a fanny pack Mm. or something like that. Like, that's kind of our adaptation to what the bee has. Like, they have two stomachs. Yeah, it'd be different if it was one for liquid, like, drinks, or or, and then other one for solid food. Yeah. And you'd be like, where would pudding go? (laughs) Who knows? It would kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Can't decide. You just can't digest that. Another historical one on honey is that ancient Egyptians used honey as a means of paying taxes. So next April, yeah, on the fifteenth, just send a boatload of honey to the IRS and yeah. see what happens. We got precedent. To go that would of. sticky it to them. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. 
Yes. I like it. <laughs> and then a single bee will produce only about one twelfth of a teaspoon of honey in its lifetime. Mm, man. What have you done? That's kind of depressing, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. That's all you did for me. And that's after they visit about two, honeybees will visit about two million flowers to produce a pound Shoot. of honey. Wow. It's more honey than I've ever produced. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah, hats off to the bees. <laughs> Uh, I'm good on facts. Uh, Well, so we've been talking about bees, Mm. but one thing I'd like to bring up is the bee G's. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh my gosh. Well, you can tell by the way I wear my walk. I'm a one hit faith man. No time to talk. Music loud, weird face on. I've been weird since I was born. It's all right. It's okay. You can wear the other face. We can trap. To understand, with a thought affect a man, whether you're a brother, whether you're a mother, you staying with, staying with, really you say breaking, everybody's shaking, and we're staying with, staying with, ha, 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 staying with, staying with, ha, 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 staying with. All right. Had to get some Bee Gees on. I love it. I I'm love glad you it. all got that out of your system. Yeah. Good We're going to turn things over to Phil here in a second <laughs> to talk about antagonists oh, and provoking people yeah. with the tongue. But uh, so as we get into that, we need to hear from AI for our shallow Shakespeare what we do with that segment. I don't know. I'm like really too dependent on AI at this point. <laughs> uh, I just finally started using it a few weeks ago. Yeah. But. You're uh, like writing. It's my best friend. My birthday to, cards to Candace. You're like, Ugh. you might need a break. I'm up writing with birthday AI. cards to AI. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so we introduced this segment last time, shallow Shakespeare, uh, so we can make fun of other podcasters who say shallow things and mm. react over the top. So AI gave us this this time on antagonists. Antagonists with words like swords, mm. so discord. In accord. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Yeah. Quote that on your Twitter X account, Scott. <laughs> Think about it. Think about Do it. Better. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> so when I was in school, I was, as these guys could probably have figured out by now, I was kind of an antagonist. Uh, I yeah. would not, I wasn't necessarily a class clown because a lot of, it was hard to trace things back to me. Uh, that was the way I like to operate where I would try and get other people to do stuff that, that would get them in trouble. Uh, whether it is, you know, do something obnoxious or say something to somebody or one of my favorite things was to be like, jump in the middle of an argument and be like, are you going to let them talk to you that way? <laughs> Just for my own enjoyment. Wasn't necessarily healthy. Uh, probably not the best. Uh, I know people got annoyed with me a decent amount as these guys probably still do. Never. Uh, but I've got a little bit of a weird sense of humor, and that was kind of, uh, you know, just my go-to thing was to antagonize people. Uh, so in 2019, my three brothers and my dad and I went on a trip up Old Rag Mountain. I'm not sure where the name comes from. It's in Virginia. Um, had a great time, bonded with each other. Here's a picture of uh, from the top of the mountain. Just a really cool beautiful uh, hike. I think it was, I don't know, maybe like eight miles up and, and eight miles back. But on the second day of the hike, we saw some people that were avoiding this one part of the path. And you could see them just kind of walk way over on the other side. And as we got closer, you could see that there were yellow jackets just swarming all over this side of the uh, you know, the trail, and uh, there was a hole there in the ground where the yellow jackets were, you know, build a nest or something like that. And me and my three brothers and my dad all mowed grass when uh, we were younger, and it was kind of a little business that we would we would do, and we were all very familiar with running a lawnmower over a yellow jacket's nest. The so worst. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, because you go from just like, you know, humming along, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's panic. <laughs> running for your life. With pushing something that's got propellers on it that could chop you in half you know i never Uh, had one i always had like we had you know in georgia those crazy big fire ant hills and i remember getting in a couple of those cutting grass have you ever come across fire ants i know you've been florida they have them Mm -hmm. there right uh yeah they're terrible um so 
they get closer and they, you know, just kind of investigating and they're all kind of like huddled around this uh, fire, uh, whatever you call them, uh, yellow jackets nest there in the ground and kind of checking it out because it was big. Here's a, a picture if you haven't seen one recently, uh, what it would have looked like. So I'm standing back a little bit, not super interested in the yellow jackets, but I see them standing around this hole. I pick up a rock and I throw it at the hole. Oh my god. Because I thought it would be funny to do that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I wasn't really thinking like, oh, this is gonna end badly. Theoretically. Uh, the chances really of funny. me like hitting that hole in a way that would stir these bees up, I thought was pretty small. <clears throat> I think I got it in the hole. And uh, these bees just start swarming out. And my dad and both, all three of my brothers are just running away. <laughs> and uh, I was already, I saw where it was going pretty quick and uh, got out of there. And they were closer, so the bees went after them. And they all probably got stung at least two times, maybe three. Oh, and they're dude. running into this like stream. And I still think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> but they don't think it's that funny. And it was awkward on the way back. Uh, a little bit because you could tell that they were not super happy with me in that moment. Uh, like I said, I have a weird sense of humor and uh, it's still funny to me <laughs> to this day. Um, but have you ever met somebody that likes to do that in relationships, right? Where there's this certain you. thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. There's a certain thing that you shouldn't talk about or not bring <clears throat> up or that, you know, the thing that nobody should, uh, you know, go there. And I've always got a way of, and it's not even really voluntary. I think it's uh, comes from like, I don't know. It's, it's so awkward. I get, yeah, it's probably <laughs> Satan um, on my shoulders, whispering <laughs> in my ear. Uh, <clears throat> but but people can be like that, and so I do it to be funny. Other people don't think it's funny, but I do. And then when I tell other people that what happened in that, they think it's funny, but never the people that are in the room. Not the ones the involved. Right, yeah, they don't think yeah. it's that. So I've tried to get better at that. I will see how it goes. Uh, but uh, we probably met people that do it more out of a place of bitterness or a place of uh, trying to stir up drama. Have you ever met anybody that, like, you knew that if they got, like, if things are going too bu- uh, too bud, too good, <laughs> Things are going too good. Yeah. They're just going to stir up. You guys ever known like, anybody yeah, like that? Yeah, like they just can't stand just for things to just be good, right. be okay. Like, like 25% I, I gotta, of my Facebook friends. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I got to make hey, some waves. Like, hey, stir up some chaos. Today's a great day. No, it's not. No, it's the worst. No, yeah, no, I'm no, bored. No. I'm going to start a fight. Yeah. 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 And that is a lot of what social media is. is uh, and, and a lot of times that's why I don't post on social media because there are times where I naturally am like, all right, you even told me about one a couple of days ago, it wasn't a bad thing to say, but then you opted not to say it because oh, it was yeah. just like, I don't have the wavelength to do this. I can't waste my life, yeah. you know, fighting people on the internet or trying to even bring clarity, you know, right. is sometimes the same thing. Uh, but people can do that in relationships a lot too, where they're going to throw that rock at the, the bee's nest and get it all stirred up. And the worst way to do this, I feel like sometimes is the passive aggressiveness. Mm. Uh, that happens more in person, I think, than... Yeah. Maybe on the internet, but the little comment uh, or the to throw a certain word into a conversation because you know that person's <clears> going <throat> to pick up on that word and and you can backtrack enough and be like, oh, that's not what I meant, or say something in a certain tone or give a certain look and try and stir things up to let people know that you disapprove or disagree. I don't think my mom watches this podcast, so I can talk about her. Uh, <laughs> but this to her. moms can be sometimes like that, or 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 even on the the TV. You know, mm. uh, you see that comment where it's like, "Oh, you're doing that now." Oh, I see. Uh, you know, just to uh, let you know that you How don't shocking. approve. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's new for you. But uh, you know, I don't know if it's true, but sometimes it feels like that the occupation of a pastor can kind of get more of these passive aggressive stones thrown your way than maybe some other types of jobs. I mean, a mailman, maybe, you know, maybe they get that type of like, Oh, you put this on the porch instead of in the mailbox. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, but it seems like so often people will say, then we talked about that. I think a little bit in, in here before, like, Oh, you're so much better than you used to be. Or (laughs) yeah, you're almost there. Uh, yeah, you're, you've just come so far in the last 
two months. <laughs> or, or some people say that they don't like the way that you do this, but I don't feel that way. It's yeah. just like, oh, well, thanks for telling me. I one time had, after preaching a sermon here, like three years, four years ago, someone leave a book in my mailbox. It was like progress in the pulpit yeah. or something like that. And it actually was like sincere nah. and like, Hey, I just want to help you. But it's still like when you just see that with right. no yeah. note, you don't know who it's like, Oh, thanks jerks. Or they tell you like, Oh, that's uh, so-and-so did this. And it just, it was so awesome. The last pastor or four pastors ago or, or somebody they knew from another place. Like, yeah, I just really love, he just, you know, nobody, nobody ever affected, showed me they loved me so much as this person because they did this thing that I also want you to do. <laughs> you, like literally, this is funny because there was a memory I've had blocked out of my head until you just said this. Ah, I said it so again. when I was a senior in high school, my junior and senior year uh, at Parker High School, we won the state championship in soccer and several of us had Mohawks during the championship. And like, I still like a buzzed head, like yeah. all the way down. Mm -hmm. I go to church the next day. And this guy walks up to me as the pastor's kid, son, whatever you're going through, I hope you get out of your system quick and just walked away. <laughs> and like my dad was right there. So my dad got up on the pulpit to preach. He's like, so I want to let you know that they won the state championship yesterday yeah, and right. all these, and he said, let's all give them applause. That's and that awesome. guy was so yeah. embarrassed. Dude, I literally awesome. blocked that out of my head yeah. until you all just started that's talking funny. about that. I'm like, well, you probably saw it a lot, but I feel like your dad probably handled it better than, than maybe some people would, because, uh, I, I try and make sure I don't do that with my kids where I try and like sp speak over them in a way that's comforting to them. If someone yeah, yeah. were to say that right. type of thing to them, but it can happen. And, uh, you know, it can, it can get in your system, but it's not just us. You know, I'm sure relationships are weird, uh, family dynamics, Thanksgiving, Christmas, those things are coming up not too long. Hey, you should yeah. talk about politics at Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, that never be goes really bad. Great. I, I, just a shout out to you, because we do, and maybe it's, like you said, maybe it's the same for all kind of jobs and careers. Sometimes it does feel like you catch more of that as a pastor, but I, like, I just want to shout out just because, like, I feel like in the last two or three weeks, I've had the opposite where I've had so many different people mm -hmm. that serve with us, volunteers at our church, just church family who have really spoken like the most kind and encouraging words ever. Yeah. Um, so like we get that stuff too, but yeah, right. like we, we you, put ourselves in positions to like, and we're, we're in a people, the people yeah. business, yeah. right? Like that's what ministry fun, is. So you want to see some fun, you're gonna you want to have fun. a fun read, go on my Facebook page. Yeah, right. Yeah. I shared an article the other day it was 14 things never to say to a pastor. Uh -huh. I've heard 10 of them myself. Absolutely. I yeah. Like uh, my favorite one was, does your wife play the piano? No, <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> leave her alone. Leave her alone. Uh, dude. I, yeah, I saw, um, my favorite one on there is wow. Like what do you do the rest of the week outside of the hour on Sunday mornings that you work? You must have yeah. a lot of free time outside yeah. of that one hour of work. Right. Like yeah. I will murder you. <laughs> Not actually, but, uh, I will sick some bees on you. I'll sick some bees on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, yeah, I think, uh, I think it gets lost sometimes to people that are encouraging. Uh, yeah, what I don't, I don't, here. I'm very uncomfortable with compliments. Me too. But, and I'm not searching for them, but I, my default now after being in the ministry for 14 years is in silence. I think you probably hate me. And so, so even if I don't care so much about the, the, the compliment, it is nice to know the opposite isn't true. You know, yeah, it, right. like you at least know this person's on your side right. and cares enough to say something nice to you, yeah. whether it makes you uncomfortable or not. Well, even, even I think the most encouraging things that people have ever said to me is just, I got your back, you know, like that. Mm, I don't yeah. need you to say you're the best this that's ever, you know, walked the planet, but just I'm on your, I'm in your corner. I'm yeah, for you. I'm on your side. That stuff means a lot to me. Yeah. Knowing that in, in another room, if you're brought right. up, like this person oh, yeah. will fight for you. They have your back. Yeah, that means so much. Absolutely. Yeah, now don't say, the you can go too far that and be like, hey, all these people are talking about you, <laughs> but I made sure to like, like, I'm glad you did that, but just leave the other part out of it. I don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Rooms full of people that are talking about me all the right. time. And it's not, I'm not that important. And you know, we don't fancy ourselves, you know, to be the subject of everybody's mind, but we see these times where we have these people. <laughs> if we live rent free in your brain, that's your fault. Right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I, there are there's a lot 
more important things you could be thinking about than Josh Webber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not that. But the, we know those you. people. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> we know those people though that have a, a way. It's just something innate in them that if they're not stirring up problems, they're not happy. Uh, the Bible says that in the way of like stirring up strife. Uh, where they just gotta get something going. Things are going good. They gotta point out the the bad things. Mm. Um, and the Bible says that our tongue is really dangerous, and mm. uh, it's probably the most powerful thing that we have. And it, I love the way the Bible talks about this. But I've got some statistics about the tongue. Uh, the average person spends one fifth of his or her life talking, and that's the average person. Imagine how much we spend. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure we probably do a lot more than. I want to think through like. Uh, like on every Sunday when your phone alerts you to your screen time. Yeah, right. I yeah. want to see if we can like decrease that statistic, go to like one eighth. Yeah, right. right Let's yeah. back up a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. That but feels kind of insane. It does. Yeah. Because how much is sleeping? Right. Like a yeah, third right. of your life, right? On average, you're sleeping. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's wild. Right. That's, that's yeah. Uh, I've always done better. The less I've spoken, I think it's the better I've, you know, the better my life can be. Not that we should never talk. And if you're a person that's scared to death of talking, you probably need to go the opposite direction. But uh, for most of us, I think saying less and thinking about it longer would probably be a better, you got something. Just because you had a statistic, you kind of had one. You also spend one and a half years of your life on the toilet. So just want to throw that that out there. That sounds low too. It does seem really low. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) <laughs> two thirds 90 nah, i'm pretty quick yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just want to throw that out there you know scott think, for think sure <laughs> so, scott's on that, the other side that's... of the average he's the outlier on the plus side uh so here's a way to visualize one fifth of your life in if all of our words were put into print the result would be this a single day's words would fill a 50 page book i'm imagining you know a typical like paperback size book uh, in a year's time, the average person's words would fill 132 books of 200 pages each. 132 books, that's a lot. That's like a bookshelf worth of books. It's like Stephen King. Right, yeah. Uh, is that how many books he's written? Uh, it's got to okay. be somewhere yeah, like that. I'm not, yeah. Have you read a lot of his stuff? No, my dad was a big Stephen okay, King okay. guy. Yeah, it, it always does. We're like, oh, this is a movie's coming out based on a Stephen King book. And I'm like, man, how I many of these? Don King There's myself. Yes, oh, man classic quiet uh that's like uh you know a large one of these bookshelves full of books and among all those words we got to ask ourselves how many of those are careless words words motivated by anger or said without thinking our tongue is a huge amount of who we are and how we are perceived and i've always challenged my kids and and you know i should be challenged in this as well when we constantly have to say that's not what i mean or that wasn't you know i said this but i didn't mean that well when we are the ones that are communicating it's our responsibility to bring clarity uh recently i heard the quote that clarity is kindness you know and 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 sometimes we ought to be more careful and more direct because our words are so powerful and and to be a christian it's even more important because we represent not only ourselves but christ you know we're trying to represent who jesus is uh but james 3 3 the whole chapter of of james 3 is just classic like challenge to the way that we speak but it says if we put bits in the mouth of horses so that they may obey us uh, and when we do that we can guide their whole bodies Uh, what it's saying there is our mouth is powerful and uh, our tongue is even more powerful we have seen horses with bits in their mouth and we know how it enables a 200 pound man to control a 2,000 pound horse and so it goes on it says verse 4 it says look at ships also Though they are also large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So, for instance, the Titanic's rudder weighed 100 tons. That's heavy. But that rudder controlled a ship that weighed 460 times the amount of that rudder, which is 46,000 tons. That rudder allowed a 200-pound man to control a 46,000-pound or ton boat. Um, verse five goes on. It says, so also like a bit in a horse's mouth, like a rudder. Also, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Hmm. Our tongue is so 
powerful. And that includes, you know, now we have ways to use our tongue that don't even involve our mouth, text messaging or, you know, social media stuff. It has such a, uh, you know, it's a stick of dynamite there in, in our mouths that can yeah. get us in trouble and can hurt people. And we've got every, our tongue is probably more powerful than it's ever been because of the ability to get our ideas out there into the world. And that's, you know, probably why we see so much division in the world today uh, is because so many bad voices. Everybody are out has there. a microphone now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to quote a famous thought leader in this world. Mm. His name was Jimmy John. Uh, he's known for quotes like free smells. Ah. Uh, but his most famous quote that hung on the wall of the Parkersburg, Parkersburg Jimmy John subs store said, The most dangerous weapon known to man is gossip. Mm, that's good. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, I think it was it was either a series or a standalone message you did. It was like, uh, only you can prevent drama fires. Right. Yeah, it was awesome. all about. But but that's what it's like. You know, just a little bit of gossip. It's so easy to start a rumor. I think about the the Office episode with the yeah, gossip yeah, yeah, yeah. where, you know, uh, Kevin is controlled by a smaller <laughs> version of him. Who Michael's a J. Crew him model. Like a robot. Right. robot. Yeah. yeah, Michael's a J. Crew model. All those different things. Uh, it it doesn't take much for, for words to spread like fire yeah. and every, every word carries weight and, and impact and we can be devastating yeah. or can be uplifting and encouraging. And we played a game at the, when I used to work for Habitat for Humanity, it wasn't speaking, but it still, it proves the point. Remember the old game like telephone? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it's the same kind of principle. We knew that half of the staff that we worked with all did stuff like at the actors guild and they were very mm. much into dramas and okay. plays. So they're very musical. Um, I would walk in the morning and already know what song I was going to do. I would walk in the store and just start whistling that song. Yeah. Then my coworker would start humming that song. And That's then we great. would go leave for the day, drive a truck around. And we'd come back like 3 o'clock. And we'd see how many people in the wow. store That's crazy. were all singing it or humming it. And yeah. our boss name was Ben. And Ben was just like very much – he was usually the lead guy in these Actors Guild shows – would come out and just belting as loud as it could these songs. I'm like, where'd you hear that song? He's like, I don't know. It's been stuck in my head all day. Yeah. But just, again, it shows even just that power, how it can just kind of just naturally go out. And I think speaking like that is the exact same way. Yeah. We, we should really see our words. Like we, we throw our words around so carelessly. I was thinking about um, the, the three of us and some other friends that we uh, play call of duty with. We actually got to go spend some time out in the woods camping Last week, it was so much fun. And one thing I learned about myself is I was really bad with gun safety. Mm. Um, like mm. every... Yes. <laughs> seriously, and really just with like airsoft guns. So it wouldn't have been like... We played real life too, Call of Duty more or less. But like we had like airsoft guns. We were running around the woods. It was super fun. But, you know, we're like... There was probably like five to ten times where Eli or somebody was like, dude, the safety's not on that thing, and you're waving it around in my face trying to look at this thing. I thought I was going to get um, shot probably 20 times just in conversation with Josh. He's just like, what is this thing doing? <laughs> Right. But, look but at this. what if we saw our words as like we're wielding something that can do a lot of damage, that right. can make a big impact, that has a lot of power, and if used carelessly, can really be detrimental right. and devastating to the people around us. The same way that we need gun safety, we need to be safe tongue with safety. how we use our words. Put that tongue safety, safety on that tongue. Yeah, unload it. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, that's the thing too. Is it's sometimes it's not even we're kind of pointing our tongue at the wrong person. Sometimes, how often have we gotten frustrated with somebody and you know unloaded that on our wives rather than you know the person we're actually mad at and you know, so so many times we got to be careful with, uh, with our tongue. Uh, I remember in the youth group, I think we maybe we're in Costa Rica, and do you remember with Evan? We were trying to get everybody. We spread the rumor that this certain student hated cell phones. Chase Drake. Oh, Chase Drake. Yeah, <laughs> he was a quiet was dude so anyway. And uh, so we we were trying to convince everybody that like do not use your cell phone around it because he's extremely offended. It was like a traumatic thing. Yeah, right. Like he hated so so <laughs> we would just try and spread funny rumors about people, but it would work a lot of times. You know, it's just it like, got us in trouble hey, too. Hey, hey, hey. That same trip, we we told a kid. Uh, that's when me and Phil really started instigating <laughs> together as a team. antagonist. Uh, yeah, antagonizing everybody. So we. Uh, I remember we told a kid, hey, that this other kid, two doors down, like he pooped in your pillowcase. <laughs> he didn't even go and, and check. No, and he, he didn't even look. And <laughs> before we could even blink, he was down at this kid's door, pounded on the door, door flew open, and they're in each other's faces 
chest to, to chest, square, back chest to chest. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> like this, these few words just yeah. sparked this thing yeah. in like a matter of no right. time. Yeah. This big fire. Yeah, so. we threw a rock at the beehive, and, <laughs> and uh, especially when. So that part of that though was they were already tense with each other yeah and uh sometimes that's how we are is where we knew how to poke the bear yeah the bees are humming underneath buttons. and and you just have to throw that that yeah. rock at it um it goes on in verse six and says the tongue is a fire a world of unrighteousness the tongue is set among our members staining the whole body setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell <laughs> it just goes all in uh the greek word used here for hell is gehenna which gehenna was a city dump that was constantly burning uh so that gives us a, a visual picture that our tongues when we're used for sin are compared to a dumpster fire <laughs> and just you know it's just vile and gross and you know yeah. sometimes josh been compared to can one be of those, a little bit like that yeah i've been compared to a dumpster fire before <laughs> uh, i was thinking you kind of said this earlier too with you know, we talk, I've used the phrase, I can control what I say. I cannot control what you hear. Yeah. Right. Um, but even then, how you talk about clarity, right. I, I was in a ministry event one time and it was for a retreat weekend. But before you go on the retreat weekend, you preview everyone's messages that are going to be shared on the weekend. Just to make sure everything's good and ready to go. This one guy was speaking and it got very controversial mm. what he was saying. What he was saying was good stuff, but he was bringing in certain illustrations that were not sitting well with people. And once he brought the illustration in, it set off all these red flags right. where people weren't even hearing it anymore. Yep. So then afterwards, he leaves the room and we kind of critique it and talk about it. And everyone's getting mad. And I understood what he was trying to say. So I said, what did he say that was wrong? Right. Well, over the next four days, I had to make about 20 phone calls because there were several people in that room who went to our church whose kids were in our youth group and they thought I was teaching their kids false doctrine and yeah, false right, beliefs and things right. that were going against everything. Right. And so I had to go through and realize like, what did you, what did you hear me say? Well, we heard you say this and this and this. I'm like, I didn't even say those words, yeah, right, yeah. Right. but it was, it's crazy. Just, you know, how, how, how it, usually I'm, I'm usually one who has to process slowly before I speak. Right. Because if my, my first thought that filter, I have to, my first thought, if it gets to that filter, I'm in trouble. Yeah. The first thing that pops in my head, if it comes out my mouth, it's well, not going to be good. As speakers, we I'm, I'm sure we all go through and look at our messages and say, all right, what is distracting? What is going to open up a rabbit trail in someone's mind that takes them far away? Uh, and that can happen, though. We oh, yeah. need to be, when we're communicating with people, that's why, you know, like, you never bring up something, like, sometimes we have a, a way of exaggerating, right? Mm. And there's this classic, like, uh, illustration, like, on the internet, like, how quick does a fight on the internet in the comic sections turn to Hitler, right? Oh, you know, it's a, like, oh yeah. It's a law. Yeah, right. I can yeah. think what it's called right yeah. now. And, and, and we can get that way where it's just exuberant and we're not being clear with what we're saying mm. and we're exaggerating. And now people are just, you know, people that commit genocide rather than just somebody that... God wins law. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The longer, basically, the longer the argument goes, the more likely the chance of somebody compares mm. something to Hitler and Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's insane how... <laughs> it's. A, it's amazing how yeah, it's true. everything has right. been compared. I mean, if we kept arguing about Her Haribo, oh, eventually it it's going to get brought into Hitler. It starts with snack. H. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. I think not. So. I I think think not. So. And you, you have a tendency to be very gracious with people when they're speaking, probably because you want that when you're speaking. You want people to think what's best of you. I'm the opposite. Where it's like, no, I know what they mean. And yeah, I'm well, mad. you know, like yeah. I'm mad because it is frustrating when. Like we've probably all said something that, oh, yeah, like, absolutely. oh, I didn't mean it this way, but some people probably interpreted it this way from the stage. Well, like if they just hang on to that one thing right. and it's like, oh, I didn't even hear the rest of this because I was just ready to come up into mm -hmm. your face and tell you you're wrong about this thing. Yeah, right. I think my for me, it's like I desire to be understood, right. not that I desire to be like, I don't want people to think, oh, Agreed. he's so smart. Right. Yeah, I just right. want to be understood. Like yeah. when, I, when I communicate something, I want it to be clear. Mm -hmm. And so I had the same empathy for other people. But honestly, most of the time, <laughs> I can show you what I think with my looks on my face. Mm -hmm. I literally have to say while people are talking to me sometimes, don't show it. Don't show it. <laughs> I just, I just kind of like nod and listen and kind of mm -hmm. go along with it. But there's times where I'm like, what the crap are they talking about yeah, right, right now? And now yeah. you just do like a, what you say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Moving on, on. People have told me that about you, that, that you are a good listener. Mm. I have never been accused of that. <laughs> it's I'm doing my best. I don't, I've always had a weird thing about like looking at people in the eyes and it's just, 
I don't know what it is. It's probably insecurity or something like that. It's not that. It's just like I'm I'm always like <laughs> I'm in my mind listening, but uh but Some, I, being a better listener would be a a a good way to be a better speaker. Cuz oh, I, I think it's 100%. I think we emphasize the speaking right. too much. Uh-huh. Uh and I think even like, you know, preaching it's also we have to emphasize our listening abilities for our congregation. Right. Sure. If we're seeing our congregation yeah. as people who've called us to go into God's word to bring messages to them from God's word, we need to know who they are. Right. And if we don't know who they are, it's because we're not listening to Absolutely. them and their stories and what they're. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. So often like. that's where my heart, you know, and I believe the Holy Spirit too, like leads a message series or something like this. This is something we're struggling with in our yeah. community, in our context. Mm-hmm. So we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, uh, one of the things I'm thinking about, cause so all three of us are pastors and, and we preach on a pretty normal basis, like the editing process, because we are, we understand how important words are. So we do a lot of editing and revision. It's not just, Hey, I'm going to write down my thoughts and then forget about it and then get up there. A lot of times I'll go from, you know, eight pages of notes. This is what I want to say. And then can squeeze it down into five pages of some much more concise, much more clear. What am I, what's muddied up here that I can say more clearly this way? How can I make this paragraph two sentences that really resonate with people? But like, why don't we do that when we just prepare a sentence to talk to somebody? You know what I mean? Like you, you just said it, like we need to spend much more time listening. Like what if we, put that same filter on and said, Hey, I don't need to say every single word that just pops into my head. Let me like break this down. Let me be clear and concise. That way I can be kind with my words. Yeah. One, just a real quick, fun story. I've told these guys before, but I want to let you all in. Uh, the sermon writing process, because sometimes mm-hmm. we'll throw these things out at each other, uh, run the main, like our main points, whether it's each other, like I threw ideas out at Katie to say, Hey, make this more clear. Um, so one time, my former church used to use like bulletin handouts where we had like sermon outlines mm-hmm. and we were doing a sermon series through the lineage of Christ. And I had the opportunity to preach on the message, uh, David Bathsheba. And we use a lot of like fill in the blanks mm-hmm. and I, I didn't print this out. I almost hit prints, but something wasn't sitting right with me. So I showed it to my coworker, Brett. So Brett, if you're listening, thank you so much for saving me the embarrassment. <laughs> it literally said David blank Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, if I would have printed that off, like what sure. I had in my notes was, was really good, sure, yeah. <laughs> but it was terrible. Right, yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, use your imagination. Right, What's right, the blank? Right, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. ask for the audience to tell you. I did that once. Family uh, feud style. We used <laughs> to Give me your top five right. answers. We used to do uh, bus ministry when I was oh, yeah. probably 13 and, and I spoke there a couple times and I'd ask those questions like, what is a way we can sin with our body? And oh I, my gosh. oh yeah, no, I, uh, I got answers. I got a lot yeah. of answers. We, we catch each other on these things all the time. Just saying, it's like, dude, you can't like, say dude, Phil, like every other week is like, oh, dude, you can't say that. And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean it though. And way. we know it too. Cause it just came out half weird. The people in the congregation text us. Did you just say, <laughs> oh man, I didn't Ron mean will that. turn it into a meme and right? send it to yeah. us halfway yeah. through the sermon. And we get a lot of grace from people for that. Stuff oh, absolutely. Like we were, that's really why they say you're so much better than you used to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it all comes back. I, I want to mention too, kind of going back to, you know, this is a pretty broad subject talking right. about words and the impact, but the, you talked at the beginning about how we can antagonize and kind of instigate, especially when we know like an insecurity about somebody. Right. And that's something you're really good Absolutely. at. Absolutely. <laughs> I could do it right now. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. No, in, in the most subtle way, but just to cut my heart out. But uh, no, I love Phil. But um, I, I think it it's worth mentioning, like when you, when you have such a close relationship with somebody and you've been in a relationship with somebody who like, you've had those moments of vulnerability. Like it's the people who you know best who like, you're going to be able to know those little things about them. So like wielding that kind of information with people well is super important. Like if, if somebody really feels confident enough to, to share their life with you and maybe some, some deep, dark things that they wouldn't share with anybody else, um, like take that with a lot of responsibility that it matters that I take care of this information for this person and I don't use it as a weapon against them and I'm not using it to cut them down later. I'm seeing, I'm just empathizing with the information that they gave me. I think it's, it's, it's scary cause, cause you know, relationships kind of go up and down and I could share something really important about my life, 
something really, really like vulnerable about myself with Phil. And then if we get in a fight later on, like it might take a lot of restraint to not throw this thing in your face. See, this is why so-and-so did this to you. Yeah. So to be able to like really take Mm -hmm. care of your friends and your loved ones and, and yeah, like trust each other with that information is so important. So like, think about those people in your life that you've shared and maybe they've shared some of those really vulnerable moments. Like, like really take that seriously. To, like we, tell, we have a big responsibility there. I used to tell youth leaders back in the day, it's an honor when someone has the ability to vomit their life on you. Mm-hmm. Like just to share everything about them. And I will say as a pastor, it's very, <laughs> what? Huh? huh? No, I didn't say anything. <laughs> it's as an a, honor to it, be thrown up on. It's <laughs> thrown up on. No, you understand, but it's like, it's, when I say this, because I'm talking about everything, like you're bringing Guttural. Like it's that everything, deep. That, the deep stuff in your life. Yeah. Um, bowels. The bowels. Right out of the bowels. <laughs> uh, the, uh, you got me all sidetracked now. No, no, it's an honor. Scott's an honor. always let me dump the bowels of my life. <laughs> <onto him. laughs> anyway. This is the kind of like thing that we say people will pick apart if you're not careful. We, uh, but we, as a pastor, sometimes right. we are very restrained in how we step into those spaces of vulnerability because. I know I can say this, and I'm sure you guys can too. The things that we've said have been weaponized against us. Sure. Yeah. And so we step into a lot of spaces where we're like, I'm not going to share anything. I'm going to sit here quietly and let other people share. And, and then everybody will look at us and say, why didn't you say anything? I don't trust you. <laughs> it's hard. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't trust you. It's all. hard. And so right. I, w- I would just say this to the, like, the people that we know that we have in our lives. Thank you for allowing us the space to yeah. do that. Yep. Um, we do it with each other all the time, share things and be vulnerable with each other. But I just want to say thank you to that. Um, you guys... You know who you are, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we tend to kind of live in glass houses, and right. it's easy for us to preach about vulnerability and like that's an important part of community is being honest with right. each other, and uh, so we can have accountability. But it, it can be tough because you know oh, this can be flipped around, right. and I'm, people are going to hold me to a higher standard on these things. I've had people so where I've been vulnerable in a message before, and then bring that up in an argument later on oh yeah where they're like so well you said you struggled this and here it is you know it's like dude come on yeah i'm trying to people's memory sometimes is pretty impressive yeah they bank that down write it somewhere i told so i had a phone call the other day one of my favorite uh, favorite people in the world tony and he listens to the podcast so this is for you he has the ability to retain almost anything you ever shared with him yeah and he'll bring it out kind of like you do randomly uh Uh, and like he called me the other day left like a little voice message and he pulled something out from like four years ago. I'm like, I hate your ability to just remember everything. Right, yeah. yeah. And then use it against me four uh, years later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, just you know, before we wrap up here, um, parents, you especially have a special role in the lives of your children to speak words that are uplifting uh, and that tell people and tell your kids who they need to be, not cut them down and tell them who they aren't. Yeah. Um, Tori is a sub and your, your wife's a teacher. Um, they probably, I know Tori recently has talked a lot about how teachers can teach, uh, can speak to kids and how the good and the best teachers are the ones that walk into a room and say, this is my favorite class instead of saying, Hey, I heard you're the worst class oh, and that, and, and that's happening to kids. And, and, you know, teachers are, uh, it's hard for them. I'm not, I'm not here to cut them down, but when we're dealing with kids, it's so important for us to say, uh, the, the best things that this is Tori's done middle school before and walked in the room and said, um, <clears throat> Hey, middle schoolers are my favorite. My kids are middle schoolers and I love hanging out with middle schoolers. That's not something you hear. Mm-hmm. Josh has talked a lot to different people that have talked about wanting to be uh, youth group leaders. And they'll probably say, yeah, yeah, I love students, but don't put me with the middle schoolers. (laughs) Like, and it's just so common for people to just say these cliche things and not to realize, uh, how they can cut, cut someone down. Noah's had teachers that would say that this class is the worst. And Noah is a much better kid in school than I ever was. Super rule keeper tries to do everything exactly right. So when you lump him in with maybe some kids that aren't doing what's right and saying this is the worst class, they're a lot of times they're going to live up to that. 100%. And uh, so I know that's something you really try and do when you talk to students. And I tried to do it too after I was done making fun of them for all the things they should be insecure about. Later, it would be like, hey, you, you know, you could step up and you, you know, this yes. is, you could, you have so much potential. Hey, you have potential. You are a leader. You right. have influence over people. You like, like when kids hear that stuff, they right. they really do it. It it matters more to them. Like, oh, I, I 
I can live up to that. Right. You know, instead of just, oh, dude, you're you're such a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay. Like, yeah. All right, um, well, and, I'll just own that too. So it's kind of weird how life works where you have this beginning vulnerable side where you're an infant and then you're a toddler and then you're a you know, preteen, teen, and becoming more independent, more independent, more independent. This is all, this first uh, hump here is all just insecurity. Uh, mm. All these, you know, always checking for mom and dad, looking around the room, and then you're finally like, all right, I need some independence. And then on the other side of life, you you, know, you get older, 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 and near the end when health starts to fail or minds start to slip a little bit, that dips back down into insecurity again too. So you see on this other side, you also have a really big opportunity to be uh, uplifting and to speak to those people, uh, you know, the elderly in such a way that they know how you feel about them, because there can be a lot of confusion on that side of it too. Uh, So we have an opportunity when we're in that, like, okay, I don't care what anybody thinks mode in our lives, or, or we're in that like independent mode that we're being kind to people on both ends of that. Yeah. Um, about of that side and uh teenagers we talked about invulnerability they're experts too in invulnerability uh are, are in in finding those places that you're vulnerable and poking oh, yeah. on those things 100 uh, so always uh, encourage your children and especially when they're middle schoolers to understand how much weight their words have because they have that way to really cut you down too yeah they're <laughs> savages i just i was just in a middle school lunchroom like an hour ago mm-hmm. and one of the kids was like Hey, you look like mall cop. <laughs> and like a whole lunch table is like, ah! but like, I just like, you just own it. Right, like, yeah. dude, like, and like you're laugh right. with them. Like if you take yourself too seriously around yeah. these kids, like you're, it you're, does seem you're like done for on the other end though, that comes back a little bit too, because there's some savage older people that can say things that just wreck you. Too. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I don't have to filter myself anymore. So I'm just gonna, yeah. so just weather the storm and try and be kind on both sides of that. I was, I was one more statistic that we can, I know you want to wrap up. Uh, I shared this with Phil a couple of weeks back, going back to your conversation about teachers and parents by the age of 10 children with ADHD are estimated to receive 20,000 more negative comments and criticism than their wow. peers. That's at least five more negative comments every day for 10 years mm. than their peers without ADHD receive. Yeah, that is. And wild. so just know that as, as you speak to people, there's so many layers that you're having to work with and so many complexities. And so just one comment that you're directing as a kid can alter their entire future. Yeah, and that's true and, of anxiety, all uh, of it. depression, yeah. all those Man. like cheer up. Yeah, that Get would be great us. if I could cheer up or Good don't worry advice. about it. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. I wish I could not worry about it. Yeah. Uh, I just imagine like like stacking like little little pins oh, yeah, on something. Right. Once you hit like 20,000, it's heavy and it's mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. it's you know, those little words didn't a 10-year-old with 20,000 of yeah, those. Yeah, those those little words didn't mean much and they didn't weigh that much or it didn't seem like yeah. it at first, but over time that can really weigh somebody down. Well, and that's why it says in Proverbs 18:21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue, mm. and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So, the more that we use our tongue, we have the opportunity to encourage someone that's got that weight on them yeah. or the opportunity to add more weight on somebody. Yeah. And uh man, let's go out and and like lighten some people's loads and uh you know, not throw a rock at the bee uh hive. And <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. Uh, but uh, these words have the ability to last. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still see words that um, have echoed throughout history, four score and seven years ago. I have a dream. Give me liberty. Give me death. Yeah. These We have all probably got formational words in our lives, the things that people have said to us that have led to how we've uh, reacted in certain ways. There are times I've gotten in an argument with somebody because they said something similar to something someone else said a long time ago, and it pressed on that button in me, mm-hmm. and I blew up because this thing. So we got to be careful with each other. We got to be careful with ourselves and make sure that we give grace to people like we talked about with Scott, that they're not saying that thing that is going to ruin our lives. Um, Proverbs 21, 23 tells us that whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And if we could guard our tongues and we could guard our, our mouths and say less uh, and be clear and to be you know, kind, we can use our words to heal rather than to hurt. And th- uh, this is one of my favorite, um, it's attributed to a bunch of different people. I'm not sure who it actually came from before, but uh, it's the 
acronym THINK. Um, when we are thinking about what we want to say, we ha- can use this acronym. Is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it ne- uh, inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? It, it, is it true? It, it's not enough to think that it's true. Mm-hmm. We have to know that it's true. Yeah. It's not enough that you heard that it's true. You have to know that it's true. Is it helpful? Am I helping somebody or am I hurting somebody? Now, sometimes that means I might be saying something that uh, might embarrass somebody, but I try my best to do it in a way. For instance, I don't know if you've had to do this before, and I hadn't had to do it a bunch before, but you have a, we talked a lot about middle schoolers, might as well throw it in. Hey, uh, do you have any deodorant? You know, you, you say that to the side. That, that might not be, uh, that might hurt in the, in the moment, right. but ultimately you're trying to help It's them. helpful. Um, and it's there is a, a way to thing. do that in a yeah. way that, that is not kind yeah. where you call right. it out in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, it is embarrassing. <laughs> I just saw you go. Uh, Did you, I? No, no. You oh, kind of moved your arm oh. a little bit. <laughs> oh, dude, why'd you bring that one up? <laughs> I was trying to be kind trying in the way helpful. that I told yeah. you. It is kind of hot in here. Yeah. Uh, but is it inspiring? Is it going to push someone forward or is it going to drag them down? Is it going to lighten their load or add on to that burden? Is it necessary? Do you need to say it? Is this absolutely necessary? And that's my problem a lot of times where I can be, uh, say that I'm trying to be helpful, but really I'm being critical or, uh, you know, saying too much and it's just not necessary. And then lastly, is it is it to be kind? I think kindness is the superpower that we need today 100%. in this world. 100%. If we could all be a little bit more kind and just lather on a little bit of kindness, <laughs> I just did what you did, is I... I vomit out a little bit more kindness. <laughs> uh, we would we would see the world in a little bit better way. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's your your challenge. We want to encourage everybody: be kind with your words, be encouraging, don't be just kind. Yeah, <laughs> don't just vomit out every thought you have. Think about how it's going to affect people. Be how, peachy. Yeah, oh, be yeah, be a peach. Yeah, exactly. Be a peach. Uh, I thought it was cool too. I almost forgot to mention this. I thought it'd be cool to add stickers to my laptop that had to do with our podcast mm, yeah. topics. I have a shark on here from episode one. It says, stay positive. And it's a kid getting eaten by a shark. But uh, <laughs> I actually have a, a bee sticker oh, yeah. on here that's been on there for months now. Candace said, no, it's just oh, a bumblebee. Okay. But uh, That's funny. But hey, be kind. Be kind. Uh, think about how your your words can affect other people and be somebody who's not adding weight to somebody's shoulders, but somebody who's lifting them up and making the, the load lighter. For Don't them. be an antagonist like I am tempted to be. I'm going to leave this conversation and I'm going to talk about all the things that I shouldn't talk about and post on all their insecurities. And uh, so pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for them. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, but we, hey, we love being with you guys, and Absolutely. Uh, we are so excited to see your comments down there. Make sure you go. Uh, you might be like, "Oh, they don't really care about me saying something." We do. Like, we really, really. We do. look for the comments. Also, it it is so encouraging. Like, we just love seeing. Oh, look this person! Like, we right. text each other like immediately, like Sh- and sharing your little said. thoughts. It's so, so adds so much, yeah. uh, to it. And also, uh, we give away a. A t-shirt for the best comments. So see if you can tell us a B story or tell us a you know whatever whatever applies uh, to whoever gives me the most kind compliment. There you go with your words. <laughs> they yeah. said they uh, are awkward about receiving compliments. Just give them all to me. Give them all <laughs> words not. of affirmation is like my thing. So. I hate them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you'll find that I always, and it's kind of a cop out, but praise I always God. say, yeah. Anytime someone says, that's a good sermon. I say, well, praise the Lord. You know, that's yeah. amen. I just awkwardly say, thank you. Try to move on from the compliment as quick as I can. Yeah. Well, I, I start crying. I didn't, hug. I didn't write the Bible. <laughs> I, and, and my hope is to just preach the Bible. But so. you have a gift at preaching and people want to affirm that gift. You're so good at it. It's awesome. Yeah. Check out our social media. Uh, I wanted to have it for today, but we didn't. I didn't get it quick enough. Sadie is obsessed with this Bumblebee song that both these guys know. So I'm going to post that on our uh, weird face Instagram page of her singing that. So Scott's going to sing it in her place right right. now. I don't know the words. I brought home a baby Bumblebee. Won't my weirdos be so proud of me? I don't know the words. Baby Bumblebee. Ow! It stung, it stung me. me. When was the last time you were stung by a bee? Real quick. Uh, dude, I don't know. 
It's probably been the last. It's year been or so. a long time, yeah. actually. It's me. been a, re- a really a long yard time work. So my kids have gotten stung recently, but uh, yeah, I haven't. I walk around barefoot. It's in my honest, yeah, like, it's been a long time since I got stung. We have yeah. crazy like garden in our backyard. Tori, bees everywhere. I'm crazy sweet what? as honey. Bees. They're nice. Oh, crazy yeah, garden yeah, in our backyard. Yeah, nice flags. I didn't plant it. Must be nice. Tori gets is allergic to bees, and she's. She gets sting, stung all the time. Why are you I, laughing about it? Because she's the one that shouldn't <laughs> get stung. So part of it is pressing on insecurity, aren't you? Stung well, like I have idiot. learned. I have learned just to leave bees alone. And uh, she always freaks out and flails. It's and stuff hard like not that. to though. I just uh, this last week I saw you kind of you know swatting at them. I just let them land on me and then let them leave, and I don't ever yeah. mess with them. And I haven't gotten stung in a while. Uh, but yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, guys. We are. Uh, Just so glad to be able to have this time with you. We hope that this is encouraging your faith. Uh, We hope that you're sharing this with people and uh, getting out the uh, positivity out to the world and and the challenge to be kind. So our hope is that you grow and that you don't just keep, you know, doing the same things that we're encouraged to be weird because normal isn't working. Love you guys. (laughs) 